Windshield time again, ladies and gents. It's a beautiful day, also known as it's about to start storming here in Nashville, Tennessee. I am leaving downtown after eating at the new 5th and Broadway development they have here. Uh, it's this massive development right at the corner of, conveniently located at the corner of 5th and Broadway. Uh, ate it, oh, this is how good I am. I can't even remember. It was a place that served burritos and chips and salsa, and it's probably paying some ridiculous price per square foot because it's got windows on the Broadway. I can't remember the name. Oh, it's right here on the box. Blanco, that's the name of it, because I know better than to drive into town and not get my wife food also. So, had a meeting. Uh, this episode is entitled, You Win Some, You Lose Some. Been kind of a, a crazy few weeks. I touched on a little bit, I think, uh, last week, week before, how my uh, 95-year-old grandmother in, in Sunnyvale, California, uh, passed away about a month or so ago. Uh, one of 11 kids uh, grew up in Santa Barbara, a block or two away from the beach. Um, I don't know. I've only, I only met her. I met her once. Um, I guess I was in my late 20s, maybe early 30s. On a trip out to California, uh, she wrote me a letter when my dad told her that I existed. Um, but she had wrote me a letter, and I had uh, wrote her a letter back, but I never mailed it. So these are usually things people take to their grave, but uh, figure one of us was enough to just say it out loud. It is what it is. Uh, I was going through some stuff the other day, and I noticed uh, the letter she had wrote me. Or she hand wrote me a letter, and. Um, and then I'd wrote her one back. I just, I don't know why. I don't know why. It was, it's probably been about 10, 10, 12 years since I wrote that letter, come to think of it. And uh, I don't really know why I never mailed it. Uh, I think I, it's weird because I got, um, I have, I have like a handful of pictures and stuff that I've taken over the years from like different friends. And that, that uh, now, of course, as we all get older, those friends have passed away. Uh, some of them I stayed in touch with, some of them not. But uh, I got pictures of them when they were younger and stuff, and now they have kids or grandkids and stuff that I've seen pop up on Facebook or this or that. And I don't know, man. I, I know I need to reach out to them and go, hey, I got some pictures of your dad or your mom. I'm sure you would like them. Uh, they're, they're more valuable to them than me. I just, I don't know. It's just taking making the effort to do it. Um, but my business partner, Justin, says, you know, timing is everything, I suppose. Um but I was going through, I have one Tupperware, large storage, excuse me, Tupperware container that has just a, a collection of just kind of sentimental things, high school diploma, class ring, uh, just different random things like that. Uh, you know, pictures over the years, I used to, you know, pick up a lot of random uh, uh, disposable cameras and take a lot of photos and get them developed and save them, but just random ones from brewery tours or people, but I had a lot, I had a handful from you know, from, from growing up to that other people had taken or I'd taken or given me or whatever, um, that I have around. But I, I mean, eventually I'm, I know I need to go through those and get them, get them to, uh, get them to the people, the family members. Hell, I guess I could just take a picture with them on my phone and send them over. Um, and go from there and, uh, and send it to them. But this week's kind of been a, been a weird one on that same exact note. I, um, uh, there's a buddy that I met is this, that owns his bar that owns that owns a bar here in Nashville, and uh, it's right around the corner from the brewery. And I just kind of got to know him over the years. He was uh, 
he's uh, uh, I'm trying to think of the best way to describe him. When I when I met him, I guess he was you know late 60s, early 70s, and we just kind of got to got to know each other. I mean, he he uh, took a chance on me, and we were able to get our beer in there. And uh, he told me the first year after he put our beer on tap when I worked for Yazoo that um, that he had uh, that it increased his revenue by like sixty thousand dollars and. He was always pretty proud of that, and you know, him and I just always had a good relationship. And I, I'd provide plastic cups for him, and uh, I'd swing by and see him every few weeks when he said he needs more cups and or whatever. But uh, his name was JT, and uh, JT had bought this club uh, forty some odd years ago, and he bought it when it was just a random club off the beaten path. But JT was driving; he was originally from Mississippi. Um, he drove. He moved up here, of course, for music. Love bluegrass um, and uh, different types of music. But he drove a tour bus, and uh, why, why even why he drove a tour bus? He ended up buying this buying this place called the Station Inn here in Nashville, and um, he bought the Station Inn. And any of y'all don't know about the Station Inn? The Station Inn is the mother church of bluegrass. There, I mean, bluegrass is inherently in origin and everything is from Appalachia and all that. But in Nashville, the Station Inn is is it. Station Inn is on the short list of places you will ever go along the lines of like the Ryman Auditorium or Red Rocks or something like that. That even without music playing in it, just walking into that space of that room, you know something special or a lot of something specials have happened there. And it's just a very special place. And the Station, Station Inn is one of those places, man. I mean, even from the first time I walked in there without even seeing a show there, you just walk into the room, you're like, I mean, I'm sure we've all been there. You're walked into a room and you're like, oh, I've been here before. I haven't, like, physically been in this one, but I've been in and I know the look and feel and vibe of this room or a room like this. It just has a certain level of comfortability and ease of use that that is that room or that place or whatever it is you know i mean i guess the best way explain is like coming home after a long trip to get to your own bed or into your own living room you know and um jt's great man he was uh um he was the type of guy man i would just swing in and just how you doing and jt is the type of guy that everybody that's anybody in the music that's a picker or a player knows him on a first name basis and they know him uh intimately and i mean well i mean i'd say intimately but know him well enough that they've had conversations with him or shot the shit they need and i know he was just a void of pretense you know i mean getting a slot at the station in jt was as is as straightforward of a businessman as you could possibly be and i mean he just he was just a straightforward businessman he was and, I, and a lot of people say that in the way of somebody being a jerk or paying the ass or you know doing something that wasn't right or whatever like well it's business jt wasn't like that he was just like man people want to come here and play the station in and i want to hear them play the station in and um he passed away suddenly this past saturday man and i don't know why man uh i think the best way to say it um shit i guess it is a thing in these situations there is no way to say it because I think I got the best advice ever of losing somebody when my uh, my buddy David took his own life a few years ago. Uh, the guy that did his service, he said, um, every single one of you in this room 
is going to take a little longer or not so long and handle it and process it in different ways over the coming days, weeks, months, years. And however you choose to process this and come to terms with it, it's okay. You're going to have to do it your own way. And it stinks because we're on our own and you can be there for people. But sometimes different people... I mean, I feel like I should be more emotional and take it harder about my grandmother passing away. But I really didn't get to know her. I really didn't. I mean, I know her and I both loved, had the had the same love of reading. Uh, I was excited the first time I met her and I was at her house and I saw that she had every single Nicholas Sparks book that I'd had. And I'm like, that's pretty cool. We never talked about it, but I thought that was pretty cool um, to know that we read the same stuff. You know, I got, I mean, I have a hardcore passion for reading. Um, and I, I always thought I got it from my mom, which I could have, but come to find out my, my grandmother reads a lot and, and her, she read a lot and her family read a lot. And my dad, you know, reads a lot and it just people that are just always learning and educating themselves and things that they do or don't know or whatever. And, and, I, and I'll circle back. It was like, I, I don't know, you know, JT and I never went out and grabbed lunch or, or, or hung out or whatever. He didn't drink and he stopped smoking a long time ago, but he was just a, just a kind person. And I, and I think back a lot now because I guess as I get older, I, I go, I think I mentioned it before, I go, a mental, go through a mental exercise of all the people in my life that are important. And then I think that's why I'm so hardcore about my social media and my Facebook and stuff of who I am friends with and who I follow and all that, because I want to curate that because I, I honestly want to know what everybody has going on, not to be in their business, but what you want to offer up or tell people, it isn't just an option or another thing for me. Everybody that I is on my Facebook is there for a reason. Uh, if I wouldn't hang out with them or spend time with them or want to hear what they have to say in person, I'm not going to be friends with them on Facebook or anywhere else. So all I have to say is I go through this mental exercise from time to time with all the people in my life of how would I feel if I had already spoke to them for the last time. And over this last year, you know, my buddy JT, he had... Um, he had kind of sinus issues and stuff over the years. And, you know, he, I think just from smoking or being around or on the go. Just, well, he did that and just getting older. And I checked in with him about four or five times over this last year. And we shot the shit. I wished him happy birthday on March 8th. And JT was by far having his best and worst year ever. This past year, he got inducted into the, uh, Internet, the uh, Bluegrass Hall of Fame. Um, and uh, only a week or so ago at the Grammys, they went live to Nashville, Tennessee and the Station Inn, and JT was there front and center, and they had a conversation with him live on the show about what this last year was like as far as being a club owner and all that, and he presented the award for Best uh, Country Album, I believe, or Best Artist of the Year for Country or something, and man, to be on that stage and get recognized like that and and I, it was it was just it just bittersweet you know of him passing away and, and more bitter than sweet but I'm glad that he did get recognized for so much stuff and 
people told him. I think about that a lot. Of I don't, I don't want to wait till somebody's gone to where I got to stand up and talk about how great they were. I think I told JT, you know, what I what I thought about him and what our relationship was and everything, and, and and not in a weird, creepy way, but more just like, hey man, you know, what you've done here is special. You've created something that's so special to so many people that it can't be put into words. And, and JT once, I was talking to him about, um, I was talking to him about like, well, JT, you're getting on up in age. And he wasn't married or didn't have any children. I said, you know, what happens when JT's not around anymore? You decide to move on. And he goes, well, shit, I suppose I could sell this place today if I wanted to. But what the hell am I going to go and do? Only thing I really like doing is bluegrass. Only thing I really like is bluegrass music and playing it and hanging around people that play it. So I'm pretty much well doing what I'd be doing if I was a millionaire anyway. And I just like shit. He is one of the richest people I ever knew. And I, I, I don't know Jeff Bezos. I don't know Mark Zuckerberg. I don't know any of these people. But I don't think they were ever... I don't think they're as happy as what JT was. I don't know them personally, but that's just my own personal opinion. And I know a lot of people that are that happy. And I feel so very fortunate every day that I am that happy. My life is that fulfilled and so happy and and full in ways that I never thought it ever could be. And even though I... Even though I miss my friends that have passed including JT uh, I miss my grandmother I wished I would have got to know her I wish I could have just talked to her uh, I think it's the same way with my grandpa McGee too I wish I could have got to know him my dad's dad I didn't they were already in their 80s or 90s before I ever met them or spent any time around them and I mean I mean you, there isn't any blame or fault or anything shit happens the way it does everything got me to here and here it ain't that bad but that's why I try to encourage, you know, friends of mine, my, my buddy Justin's on his way out to California now to, for his grandpa's, grandpa's service. And a few years ago, you know, when I started doing it, I, I, I think I got it from my buddy Owen. He told me about it, how to, I, I just started doing it, just setting up. I think I started five or six years ago with my grandma McKee. I just started, when I get around her and she started telling t- stories or talking, I just turned on my phone and started recording her. And since then, I've done the same thing with my mom, with my dad, with my um, my mother-in-law, with anybody in my family, with my aunt Martha, whatever. Just sit down and just like, what was it like growing up? What was it like being a teenager? You, what was your first car? All these things that, yeah, it's for my benefit, but I want it to be a benefit for my kids too because one day they're going to look at me and go, what was your mom like? What was What was your dad like? What did they sound like? You know, and my kids know them right now, but they're small kids. And we all had this, we all had this hope and dream. And it's romantic to think that we're going to be laying in a bed and all the families going to be gathered around us, you know, and we're going to say our last goodbyes and slowly just nod off and it is what it is. But that rarely ever happens. That, I mean, that, that happens, but it doesn't. That's not, that's not your own terms. That's the luck of the draw of whether you're going to be out doing something and it, that's just it, man. And, it, and, and some people will be sooner for later. And I, I'm not afraid of death. Um, 
I more just want to be completely honest with myself and the world around me just to go like, man. And I apologize if this has come across like a downer or a bummer. That's the last thing I want it to be. I want more of everything just to be a celebration of like, man, when you start taking stock of all the people and things in your life that are pretty damn good and and how uh, more fortunate you have it than so many other folks, it's just for me, I try to do that daily and uh, like I said, even though it's it's made me terribly sad to to lose people, especially as here late, and, and, and I, I don't like it because I know um, that the frequency is going to increase, and um, there's going to be a lot more pain and heartache, not just for myself, for my family, for other people, and and that's okay. That's that's a that's a part of. Our, our our arc of life and everything, you know, it's it's that I I, I talked to my talked to Leah, my wife, about it. Of like, you know, I had a friend that uh, worked at a job, and he was like, "Man, I got 13 more years, and I can retire happy." And and, and since he said that, I think it's almost been 13 years. But uh, I always just thought like, "Shit, I can't I can't I can't do 13 months of a place I don't like." let alone 13 years. I don't know if I'm going to make it to that prize at the end of the rainbow. And I guess I look at it now of like a man, if I'm extremely fortunate, I got maybe 40 more years in me, maybe 40 more years. If I'm lucky, play my cards right, stay relatively healthy, don't start smoking, don't put on too much weight, don't pick up boozing like I used to or risky behavior, so on and so forth. I got 40 years. And if somebody walks up to you today and said, you have 40 of something that's going to expire. You only have 40 of them. I don't give a shit if they're... You only got 40 pancakes the rest of your life. You only got 40 of whatever it is. That's not a lot. That's not a lot for you to be wasting one of them. Or two of them. Hell, even three of them. And I was I was I was on uh, Twitter or something the other day, and I, I I screen grabbed this graph, and it was a chart, a survey of where people, who people spend their the hours of their day with, starting at like age single digits all the way up to like age eighty. And the number one thing that I noticed the most about it was from age I think it was about the average age of like late twenties to early 40s is when people spend the most amount of time with their kids. And then at 42, 43, it starts dropping off. And I'm going to guess that's why people people that start having kids in their mid-20s, excuse me, on average, and then their kids get older, teenagers, sports, whatever it is. But I'm just not starting that arc at 43. And see if I can ride it out for another 12 to 15 years with my kids. Let's just say if I get 15, I'm going to be, you know, 50, uh, I'll be 50, I'll be 58 years old, be pushing 60 by the time my, my arc of my time spent with my children starts to decline and they go on and form their own lives and everything, which, Hey, that's a lot better run than what most people on average, but the most depressing thing was the people as we get older onto your seventies or eighties or how much time you spend alone. And I'm not afraid of being alone. I just, it was just kind of, when it, you know, do other people put us out to pasture? Do we put ourselves out there? You know, I look at my dad, he's always on the go right now and he's 70 
you know, got a good friend circle, and, you know, got a girlfriend, they're always out, out doing stuff and everything, but, I mean, I guess that's why I can't bank on retirement, or a nest egg, or whatever, is because there's a lot of people that spend all that time investing in retirement and nest egg that didn't get a second to do shit with it. You know, I'm thinking about Andy Rooney from CBS uh, for 60 Minutes. He died 18, he died, uh, I think it was less than two months after he retired from 60 Minutes. Just gone. I still like to listen to his rants, though. They made me happy. Made me happy. You ever wonder what's the deal with license plates? Everybody seems to have an inside joke or try to be clever. The stars fell on Alabama. Oh, please, Alabama. They fall on all of us. I doubt it's just Alabama. Andy ruled. <laughs> My roommate David and I used to sit around every six, every Sunday to watch Andy Rooney's just quick segment about whatever he was amusing about and just cackle like children. I miss Andy. I miss Andy religiously so much. But I think I want to go home and subject my wife to watching Andy Rooney tonight. So you're welcome. I think you should do the same. Brighten up your life, your day. Watch some Andy Rooney and realize that it all makes perfect sense and no sense at all. That's all I got from your old pal Neil. Signing off from windshield time. Enjoy the ride. Call somebody you haven't talked to in a while. Actually, mail the letter. Use me as your example. Uh, try something new. That's all I got. Love y'all.